When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Podcast. Here from Score North, inside of my kitchen, because I am social distancing slash quarantining. As you can see, I have not had a haircut in quite some time normally be a little more fresh more put together but tonight we get to draft sim from my kitchen which is actually what a lot of general managers are going to be doing at the nfl draft so i'm all ready for our draft sim here's what i got i got my phone to be texting other gms and trying to work out trades we're actually not going to work out trades in this draft sim but i have on my tablet here fanspeak.com is what i'm using for this particular draft sim And you're always welcome to go to that website or the Draft Network, which has a very good draft simulator, and screen grab them and send them to my Twitter, at Matthew Collar. And I try to respond to every single one. I appreciate all of the people who draft them repeatedly and send them to me, and I grade them and give you responses. So I enjoy doing that. Uh, And people have been sending me a steady stream of those. I really have fun with grading your drafts and people getting – uh, Tua at the 22nd pick sometimes at total random but a lot of times it's amazing how accurate Vikings fans are with what their team needs and who might be on the board at that time and the little secret is I think that a lot of you could draft just as well as Minnesota Vikings well in a couple of weeks but don't tell them I said that so I've got here's my board it's ready to go and so I also have a little Diet Dr. Pepper here as well uh, if they want to sponsor the show, they certainly can. So I'll be sipping on that throughout this uh, draft simulation. And we'll get started here right in the first round. So this is going to be a four-round draft simulation. You know why? Because none of you have heard of anyone in the seventh round. And since they usually draft some Australian rules kicker at that point, we're just going to stick to four rounds so then you know who we're talking about. So let me give you the lay of the land. I've already simulated up to where the Vikings are in the draft. Naturally, Joe Burrow goes first. No surprise there. It would be stunning if anything else happened. The Detroit Lions you might be interested in get Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson. They're going to get a good player at three. A guy that I have my eye on, but I have no hopes for the Vikings is uh, Jedrick Wills, who is the most athletic or one of the most athletic tackles. He was a right tackle at Alabama, but a completely dominant one. And I keep thinking there's a chance that one of these tackles will fall to the Vikings. So as the picks go off the board, Jeffrey Okuda actually drops to number eight with the Arizona Cardinals, which was a little surprising. 
And then the tackles and receivers, all the players the Vikings want, they start coming off the board. So C.D. Lamb goes at ninth overall to Jacksonville. Mekhi Becton ends up with the Browns. Henry Ruggs goes to the New York Jets. Jerry Judy to San Francisco. Andrew Thomas is going to be uh, pass protecting for Tom Brady. He goes 14th to the Tampa Bay Bucks. So right now, this is not what the Vikings want, or as me playing Rick Spielman in this case. I'm in the draft room going, come on, guys, you drafted all the players that we were hoping would drop. And then it gets a little worse because Justin Jefferson goes at 15th. He's a wide receiver from LSU who had over 100 catches this year, dominant player. In my opinion, made Joe Burrow look a little bit better. So he's off the board, and I'm thinking, all right, it's still good. There's still plenty of wide receivers on the board here. And when I scroll down, T. Higgins, the receiver from Clemson, goes at 18th overall. So now we've got all the top receivers basically off the board. And this decision is starting to be made for me as Vikings general manager here. Javon Kinlaw, he gets taken at 19th. Had my eye on him. And then C.J. Henderson and uh, Caleb on Chase on two other players that I would have had high on my expectation that they might drop to the Vikings at 22nd. They go off the board as well. So right now, we're looking at neither Justin Herbert nor Jordan Love has been taken. I I find this to be very unlikely. One of those two is going to go extremely high. I think it's Justin Herbert who ends up going in the top 10, and Jordan Love might be the guy who drops. But immediately, as the GM, I'm in a pretty tough spot here because I have advocated on the show, Purple Daily, 2 to 4 Central. Uh, You can stream it on our free app or wherever you get your podcast. I have advocated on the show, it's not a terrible idea to draft a quarterback if you're the Minnesota Vikings. We know that Kirk Cousins is under contract until 2022, but beyond that, what's his? What's the future of this quarterback situation? Or because he doesn't have a no-trade clause, would the Vikings be interested in trading him if they fade this next year? So this makes my call pretty tough. I think if you're the Vikings and somehow Justin Herbert gets there, it's really hard to pass up. But let's just go on the assumption for this draft sim that we're not drafting a quarterback because we would like to win this year. There's a bunch of different ways that you can look at draft sims for the Minnesota Vikings. One is to have the very long look, in which case you would draft Jordan Love or Justin Herbert here. You can have the maybe 2021 look where you try to draft a player that might need some development, or you could say, what do we need right now? One of the toughest decisions that's on the board here for me at 2022 is whether to draft a safety. Xavier McKinney is there on the board, but I don't know whether they're moving Anthony Harris or not. If we've gotten to 22, have they traded Anthony Harris for a second or third round pick? We're going to have to decide. So let's just say, let's just go on the assumption that by draft night, the Vikings have kept Anthony Harris. They've signed him to a contract extension. Their cap guy, Rob Brzezinski, did it again and found a great contract for Anthony Harris. We know we got two great safeties locked in for the time being. So let me go down some of the possible options here in the first round for the Vikings at 22. Uh, Yeter Gross Matos, the guy from Penn State, he's an edge rusher. Everson Griffin's gone. Fadi Yudenabo is a very nice player, but you're looking for probably a rotation there and then someone to have that job for a long time uh, across from Daniil Hunter. That might make a good pick. Grant Delpit is a deep safety from LSU. Can make some plays, but, you know, again, if we're signing Harris, that's probably not our guy. Trayvon Diggs is a tough one. 
He's on the board right now for me. I think he's a very, very good player. But awkward, right? Trayvon Diggs, after just trading his brother, that's uncomfortable. I tend to think, though, it's the NFL. It's a business. Everybody knows that. And even if Stephon Diggs did not have the best recent experience with the Minnesota Vikings, his brother would be foolish to make us think about being drafted by an NFL team in the first round because he's going to get paid and he's going to get opportunity. And if you're a corner, you want to come to Minnesota. You will play. I guarantee it. They don't have any on the roster outside of Mike Hughes and Holton Hill. So I'm tempted to draft Trayvon Diggs here. But there's another corner on the board, too. Jeff Gladney from TCU, really strong, a little undersized. And Denzel Mims, the wide receiver from Baylor, who's gotten a lot of attention as maybe a guy who is under the radar a little bit uh, from some of the other great wide receivers. Now, the tough thing to project is, will someone take Mims before 25? Could I also get him? Should I go with also Josh Jones, who's a tackle out of Houston? He would not fill a position right away. So let's not go with the tackle or Austin Jackson from USC. Let's not go with the tackle because we're going to stick with Riley Reef at left tackle for now. Let's go with this. A cornerback out of Clemson, A.J. Terrell. Now, if you look at his size and his fluidity of the hips, come on, everyone, you showed up for this, okay? Uh, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. He's played against great teams, great players. He's got good numbers. He's got size. And he's a guy that you would expect might be able to come in right away. A good point by Chad on the stream here that uh, if you're a defensive back and Mike Zimmer has developed so many good ones, and one of them in Trey Waynes, who just got paid a pretty good dollar, and Xavier Rhodes got paid big time as well, why would you not want to go to a place that's known for pumping out good uh, cornerbacks? So that's what I'm going to go with here. Oh, already Nathan is not happy with this pick, but I, I get you, Nathan. He says, Wolf, a reach. I, I get what you're saying. But I'm looking at the size of the player, his athleticism, who he played against, and what the Vikings' past history of drafting, what types of corners they've looked at. So give me a suggestion if you don't like A.J. Terrell. I have not pushed it yet. This is, this is tough because I think Trayvon Diggs is probably the best corner to take here. But I feel like they wouldn't do that because it might be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to stick with it here. Though I like Jeff Gladney, too. He's a little undersized. A lot of you want the offensive tackle. I get that. This is how tough it is. Because when the Vikings get to 22, there's going to be five to seven players that will fit a need that they have. They have a lot of them. And that you could easily justify. So I'm really interested in, in people uh, with more of the comments. And I just clicked for the comments to be shown on the screen. Sorry about that. I was trying to scroll down. Uh, let me just fix that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, Nathan comments that A.J. Terrell had a tough game against LSU. I get that. Who didn't, though, right? I mean, are we really – we can't judge it on that. I'm judging it on what the Vikings like for their corners, the quality of competition that he played, and if it wouldn't screw up the stream, I would pull up his numbers from PFF that were, that were pretty good. So I'm going to go with a corner here, and I'm going to trust Mike Zimmer to develop A.J. Terrell. And now the next two picks after that are Jordan Love and the receiver from Colorado, um, Chenault. And wow, wide receivers is just going and flying right now off the board. I would take 
uh, Mark, I would take Winfield at 25, but we're going on the assumption that they're keeping Anthony Harris, or at least I'm going on that right now, that they're going to re-sign Anthony Harris. And that kind of takes Winfield out of it for me as much as I think he is a tremendous, tremendous player. So now my options, I can get an edge rusher in Gross Matos or uh, Epinesa, which some people question, but I watched a couple of his games and the guy was dominant. So we've got basically a wide receiver I can go with out of Baylor, Denzel Mims, who I think is a tremendous player and is one of those, those risers. And uh, Mark says that Harris will be traded. I think so, but I, I, I don't know that yet. If we're going on the assumption Harris would be traded, then I would draft Winfield here. For this particular draft sim, and there will be more, friends, and I appreciate all of you joining. For this particular draft sim, I'm saying, you know, let's just assume that they keep Anthony Harris because they're trying to win in 2020. This is trying to win in 2020 type of draft. So I think what we're going to do here is we're going to go with the wide receiver in Denzel Mims because he blew people away at the Senior Bowl. He went to the combine and just shredded it up. He looks like he has a, a lot of talent. He's one of those people that all of the uh, draft experts are talking about. And if this team's going to be great next year, if they're going to be a legitimately competitive team or even good, I think you need more wide receiving options. Um, Gross Matos does have upside, Chad, and I appreciate that. And that's where it is hard because this is a, a short um, draft on edge rushers. So if I don't draft Gross Matos or Epinesa right now, I'm probably not getting one in these first four rounds. That's how tough it is. Here's what I'm going to trust, though. I'm going to trust that Mike Zimmer and Andre Patterson know what they're doing on the defensive line. Think about how many times they've had to spend a high draft pick. I, I, I'm sorry, I said offensive line, defensive line. I don't trust them at all on offensive line. Uh, but Andre Patterson on the defensive line, Everson Griffin was a fourth-round pick. Uh, you have Daniil Hunter's a third-round pick. They found Tom Johnson in the CFL. They've been able to develop these players, and even Afadi Adenabo was great. And I don't agree that the Vikings have good wide receiver depth. Um, oh, in the draft. Okay. Yeah, no, there is good wide receiver depth in the draft. I haven't pushed the button yet because I'm debating this. Josh Jones is still on the board too. And they do need to protect Kirk Cousins much better than they did last year. I mean, if you protect Cousins better, maybe the game in San Francisco goes differently. So you know what? I think I'm going to change course. I think I've been talked out of it by the comments. And I'm going to draft offensive tackle Josh Jones out of Houston. And we're going to try and fill our wide receiver needs later. So as you can see, the draft is, is running here. Fantasy.com if you guys want to try it yourself. Plenty fun. We go on to the second round. My draft tablet, I'm just like a real GM, how they'll be doing it this year. And again, if you people want to do these and send them to me, it's great. I enjoy grading them for you. And whoever said that they enjoyed the show in the comments, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Um, so now the board is going by and a bunch of players, of course, that I like for the Vikings are going off the board. So Winfield Jr., Michael Pittman going early. This draft thinks that people are really going to be into these wide receivers because I was thinking Michael Pittman in the second. Chase Claypool goes, KJ Hamler. We've put ourselves in a little bit of a pickle by not drafting uh, Denzel Mims at the wide receiver position. So now, okay, here's where we're at. Here's our choices at this point. And now I will say, little side note on the wide receiver point is 
that Gary Kubiak in his past has often relied heavily on one receiver. Even last year when uh, Adam Thielen was hurt, Stephon Diggs was really your only proven wide receiver, and he was phenomenal during that time. Irv Smith improved. They threw to Delvin Cook a lot. B.C. Johnson uh, started to grow up before our eyes. So anyway, uh, I guess that would be your justification for not drafting a wide receiver in the first, but there was a run on wide receivers, and now we're in a tough spot. So we've got a cornerback in A.J. Terrell, a tackle in Josh Jones, and now here's what I'm looking at on the board potentially for the Vikings. And again, we're going on the assumption that Anthony Harris is staying, so I'm not drafting Kyle Duggar here, the small school safety, or Ashton Davis. Those would be two good picks. I am really tempted to select Ezra Cleveland because th this is where I might look at it different than the Vikings, but they have struggled with offensive lines for so long. I might be tempted to draft another tackle just to see if it works out, but we're not going to do that. We're going to kind of play it by the book a little bit here, and I can draft uh, Cesar Ruiz, who is the center out of Michigan, but I believe he could play guard as well, very athletic. Jordan Elliott is a defensive lineman out of Missouri, interior pass rusher. Curtis Weaver is an edge rusher out of Boise State, put up big numbers, had a pretty good combine. He's on my mind here too. And Raekwon Davis also from Alabama. These are some guys that I, I think would be interesting here for the Vikings. I'm thinking about going with the interior offensive lineman to start stacking up here, but we also don't have an edge rusher. I, I think that... Um, you know, Weaver would be a bit of a reach in the second round, but he also kind of checks some of the boxes that the Vikings like. Uh, Elliott from the three-technique pass rusher, the Vikings don't really have one, but I guess they're relying on Michael Pierce to make everybody better. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll slide Armin Watts, Jaleel Johnson into this position. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is a spot where I really thought we were getting a great wide receiver prospect. And then all the guys that I wanted – went off the board. And now I'm kind of in a position to draft the, the interior offensive lineman because right now it's either um, you know, Pat Elfline and who knows who, Drew Samia would be a guy they drafted in the fourth round last year or a free agent or bringing back Josh Klein. I don't like any of those options. Um, question from Deke. Do I think that uh, Herbert could be a legit quarterback in the NFL? That's a hard one. He is one of the toughest ones to figure out because he's got the arm, he's got athleticism, and I watched a few games of his and even got our friend Sage Rosenfels to watch the tape as well. But you know what's a weird thing about him is he struggled to ed uh, execute the basics, like catch the ball and throw a quick slant or a quick screen or something like that. And it was a struggle for him. So I feel like, to your question, uh, Deke, that – Herbert is a guy who needs development, and he also really doesn't have that it factor in my mind uh, from what I saw of him. I could be very wrong, but he wouldn't be a guy that I would draft in the top five. He'd be more like a second-round guy. So here's what I'm going to do. I think you have to draft the offensive lineman and draft two linemen here. You have to because of the way the board played out. If one of those wide receivers, Chase Claypool, K.J. Hamler, if those guys had been there, Michael Pittman Jr., I would have picked them if the defensive linemen like Ross Blacklock or Terrell Lewis from Alabama would have been there. I would have picked them or even Julian Aquara from Notre Dame or uh, Jalon Johnson, a cornerback. I, I probably would have picked two corners in the first picks, but 
You know, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the interior offensive linemen. And even though interior offensive linemen do have a tough time, and we saw it from uh, last year with Garrett Bradbury, you have to start building this offensive line for the future. So taking two offensive linemen in the second round, in my mind, is not a bad idea at all. So here we go. I'm drafting Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. And the draft board continues to fall on to the third round where the Vikings have two more picks. So what do you guys think so far? I've got a cornerback. I have two offensive linemen. I got Josh Jones, my future left tackle. I've got Cesar Ruiz, who can step in and play guard potentially right away uh, or at least be a development guy. I think in the second round, you're hoping he plays right away and can fill one of those spots. But how am I doing so far? It gives me a thumbs up. Vikings fans can never be mad about offensive line being drafted, right? The way that the offensive line has played over the last few years. So here's where I'm at. We've gone down the list here. We've gotten to the 25th pick in the third round. And uh, Ashton Davis and Kyle Duggar, the two safeties that I did consider as future players, uh, because you start thinking toward the future here in the third round. Um, so you start thinking toward the future, but both of those guys go off the list. Another wide receiver that I had as someone who intrigues me, is uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan. But the New England Patriots, of course, Belichick takes, uh, takes him right before we're about to pick. So now here's where we're at on the board. And you can set it to different difficulties on fanspeak.com. Naturally, I made it the most difficult because, right? I mean, we, we don't want this to be easy. So we are kind of out of receivers that really interest me here except for Van Jefferson from Florida. Now, that's a guy who didn't produce a ton, but has a big upside. K.J. Hill from Ohio State was one of those senior bowl darlings. I, I don't hate that decision here if we're going to go with a wide receiver with the first pick in the third. Because my other options, but here's where all of you in the comments are probably going to um, want me to go, is Jalen Hurts at 88. Uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, whatever pick we're at here. Uh, he's ranked 88th by fanspeak.com. Sorry about that. But Jalen Hurts is still on the board. I have a tough time not drafting Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, I, as much as I want a wide receiver like Van Jefferson, or I could even draft uh, more offensive linemen if I want to, there's a, a guard, Damian Lewis from LSU, still on the board. But there's nothing in terms of pass rushers that I'm interested in or in terms of cornerbacks at this point, Troy Price Jr. from uh, Notre Dame, maybe, but, you know, doesn't blow me away. You know what? I think it's hard to not draft Jalen Hurts here because let's say worst case scenario, Jalen Hurts is just your backup quarterback or worst case with this pick. Best case, he stays the backup quarterback and Kirk leads you to the Super Bowl, right? Let's say he's the backup though. And Cousins... Somebody falls on his ankle, a total random, and you need four games from somebody. And, and you've got a backup that you know at least is talented or can make things happen. Best case scenario with the draft pick, three years from now, he's starting. Well, that's a good point by Deke that uh, Zimmer would want to go defense here. The tough part of it, though, is on the draft board, I'd be asking who on defense. Now, you make a good point that if they come away with only one defensive player and I draft Jalen Hurts, Mike Zimmer might be upset. It's just hard not to justify that pick when Jalen Hurts is still on the board. But we still need a wide receiver. We still need some extra pass rushers, some shots at some pass rushers. 
And it also wouldn't be a bad idea to take another corner. So I'm going to, and this might annoy some people in the comments here, I'm going to pass on Jalen Hurts because we have too many other needs and we're going to leave him to somebody else and see if he develops with them. And then if he becomes a star, I guess I'm fired. Um, but I'm going to go with Van Jefferson, the wide receiver out of Florida. We need receiver projects to continue to come in and get built up, hopefully by this offense, by Gary Kubiak, right? You, you need to go that way. Um, and, uh, I, you know, we didn't draft one early, and a lot of the top ones went. So now we're looking at maybe we hit a home run here with somebody that drops down. And sorry to the people who really wanted Jalen Hurts, but I decided to uh, go the other way and draft a receiver. And now, as some of you have pointed out, Mike Zimmer is glaring at me from across the draft room. What you can't see on the other side of this video is that Zimmer is upset. You only got me one corner. You only got me one defensive player. So now let's take a look here and see what's on the board with our second third round pick, which is actually, I mean, really good for the Vikings to get that pick from uh, losing Sheldon Richardson in free agency because uh, they have so many needs that they have to fill and so many players that even down the road, they want to be able to develop. So here's what we're looking at on the draft tablet. Let me just let me just think about this. Take a little sip of Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm thinking corner again, guys. Uh, one of the best corners, at least for this area of the draft, Troy Pride Jr., another guy that I believe was at the Senior Bowl and, and did a good job there and made a good impression, is on the board. And what we've got is some other guys – uh, another offensive lineman, but I don't think we could take that. Some a linebacker, Logan Wilson, who actually is an interesting um, potential sort of project, Logan Wilson. But it's a linebacker. They can't draft a linebacker at this point. So I'm going to go with the second, third-round pick for the Vikings, Troy Pride Jr. out of Notre Dame. And now we'll go on to our fourth round. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to go into the seventh round um, because that's crazy and would take forever. Trust me, if you've ever really paid attention, which of course I have for my job, uh, if we are, if, if you ever paid attention on day three of the draft, it takes forever, it takes all day long. Um, so another question that comes in, uh, why did Stefan Diggs go? I, I assume that's the question. Well, we've talked about that a lot on the show, so that's a good place to start. And I wrote about it at scorenorth.com. But really, I think it was just he wants to go somewhere else and prove that he can put up the type of numbers that other great wide receivers do because he has that talent. So, all right, I want you guys to give me a grade now. Here's what I got. A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson. Offensive tackle, Josh Jones out of Houston. I've got Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. He's a center, but he can play guard. Uh, Van Jefferson, the wide receiver from Florida, and Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. So we enter our last picks here. Um, and this is where I think you just take whoever you think is the best player because you don't know who is going to turn out to be a star in the fourth round. There aren't a lot of great fourth round superstars. Mark is unhappy giving me a C plus. Dang, Mark, that's harsh. I feel like we've, we've been put in a tough spot here. I wanted to get a second round wide receiver, but a lot of them came off of the board. Um, so now we're looking at guys who nobody's heard of, like um, Nick Harris, the center from Washington. Okay. Devon Hamilton from Ohio State's a defensive lineman. 
And that's probably the direction I'm going to go here. But I could also take Thaddeus Moss if anybody wants me to take Thaddeus Moss because he's Randy's kid and why not? But I don't think they need a blocking tight end. They already kind of have that. Um, and they have three tight ends that they're actually happy with. So drafting him would – I'm not saying it would be a complete waste of a pick because he's talented, but it would be, um, it would be pretty, pretty tough to justify that in the fourth round when you already are very happy with the future of your tight end position. So interior defensive line, something we haven't gone with. We haven't drafted anything in the front seven. And, you know, the Vikings are very, very good at taking project players and developing them into stars. So I could take Jonathan Garvin from Miami. He's an edge rusher. Or I could take uh, uh, Devon Mitch, uh, Hamilton, sorry, Devon Hamilton, who is from Ohio State. I think I'm going to go with uh, the defensive lineman from Ohio State. And that will complete my draft. So what do you guys think? Uh, I, I'm not going all the way to the sixth or seventh round because it's, it would take forever. And at that point, even I don't know every player on the board. Now, the first pick is the one that I think um, all of you folks have been the most critical of in A.J. Terrell. But when you look at his size, his performance at the um, – at the combine and his fluidity and his ability to track wide receivers. I mean, it sort of all says this is a man corner that the Vikings could develop. Now, uh, another comment from Mark about passing on Tyler Johnson. I really like Tyler Johnson. I went with Van Jefferson. I believe Tyler Johnson was taken in between picks. I'll go back and look and see where he was selected, but he was taken in between picks for me and I didn't have that option. So I, I like Tyler Johnson a lot, and I could see him being one of those guys that someone lines up in the slot and he ends up getting a lot of catches because the guy can make plays on the ball. And I don't buy the character concerns or wherever that came from. I can't figure it out no matter how many people I ask. So A.J. Terrell, my thinking there was here is a corner who can step right in and play right away and then develop quickly with the bike. My thought on Josh Jones, the tackle out of Houston, is, is obvious. I mean, Josh Jones is exactly what they're looking for. He's a good athlete, but pass protection is his thing. And if you want to give a chance at all to Kirk Cousins over the next couple of years, you're going to have to protect him better. And uh, Brendan, I, I totally agree, Brendan, that this is not the sexiest mock draft you've ever seen. But I, I'm going on what made sense by the board. And the board really fell to make this difficult. I would have really liked to get a better receiver, but none of the great receivers fell. And so I had a chance to get Denzel Mims. I passed on him because I wanted to go with the offensive tackle. And I know that that would be one of those things where yeah, I think fans would be upset if that happened, uh, if, if they went with somebody that wasn't the wide receiver because they moved on from Stephon Diggs. But also, you need better tackle play if you're going to have Kirk Cousins. Nobody in the NFL held onto the ball longer last year from drop back to release than Kirk Cousins. And he's, if he's going to be here for two more years, well, three more years, two-year extension, then you have to do better at the tackles. And you're already in, in good shape with the other tackle, Brian O'Neill. So with Ruiz, the interior lineman in the second round, this is where I could understand people being critical because you're talking about trying to just plug in somebody as a rookie to a guard position that's open and fill that spot. 
And looking back at, at how the board fell, Curtis Weaver, the defensive end, is probably, if I were to say I regret a pick on the board, I don't regret the first two. If you get a corner and tackle, you're going to be in good shape. I, I, don't, I, I could not give the Vikings anything less than a B-plus if they took a corner and a tackle, unless it was someone I never heard of. But in the second round, I went with the guard because they're so desperate there to improve the offensive line. But if I was going to redo it, I would probably take Curtis Weaver from Boise State. Even though, yeah, Mark, I, I like Ruiz too. His athleticism makes sense for the Vikings and what they want to do on the offensive line. And I'm just of a mind that if this team is going to win, they're going to do it with offense. They're not going to have a number one defense this year. It's going to be really difficult. Uh, now, in the third round, I went with the wide receiver here. Any wide receiver that you draft, your expectation is that they contribute something in the first year. Now, a point that I want to make about drafting a receiver in the second or third is that recent history is actually pretty good for second and third wide receivers. Last year, DK Metcalf drops in the draft, and he ends up being picked up in the second round, late in the second round by the Seattle Seahawks. And then Terry McLaurin ends up going in the third round. And those were two of the best wide receivers that came out. So maybe because Van Jefferson had a pretty tough quarterback situation in Florida, you end up drafting him. He plays your number three wide receiver or switches in and out with BC Johnson. You use a lot of Irv Smith in the slot as basically a receiver slash tight end. And I liked a lot of what I saw from Irv Smith last year. And I think that he's got the potential to take a big step forward this year. And if you look at Koob's past history, Gary Kubiak, he loves to use second and third tight ends to throw the ball to. So we're going to go, we go Van Jefferson there in the third round. Other guys I could have taken, gosh, there aren't really any big names here, but Lamar Jackson, the corner from Nebraska, not the other one. Um, he was there. KJ Hill, the other wide receiver from Ohio State. That was pretty much it to your question, Justin. In terms of guys that I was really interested in, it was K.J. Hill and Van Jefferson in the third round because Donovan Peoples-Jones was drafted along with Brian Edwards, those two guys, right before we came up on the board. Um, so later on in the third, Jalen Hurts gets taken, and I just – this is a tough one because I want to support the idea of the Vikings drafting Jalen Hurts. I like him a lot. Uh, yeah, he's slow to get rid of the ball, so is Kirk Cousins. But his athleticism, his ability to run with the ball, his accuracy downfield is not bad at all. I mean, I, I didn't think from watching a number of his games. And I watched the Baylor game back recently where they got down in the game and he fights in tooth and nail to get them back in the game. I really like that about him. I like the way that he handled the Alabama situation. So he's a guy who could be a great backup for you and give you insurance for Cousins, even if he doesn't turn out to be a great player. But I passed because I was envisioning Mike Zimmer's head exploding. And cornerback is, in terms of positional value, quarterback is number one, of course. Wide receiver and tackle are right up there. And then right near that is corner. And so I, I decided to go with another corner in Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame, because I thought, you know, okay, so if your first corner doesn't work out, you've got another development project. Uh, potentially here. In At this situation, that was the best player I felt I could have drafted. But Tyler Johnson, who Mark, who Mark wanted, was also on the board. After I've already taken, um, after, I, after I've already taken Van Jefferson 
it's hard for me to then take Tyler Johnson right after. I don't hate the idea, but I decided you need to stack up the corners because right now you only have two who have ever really played in the NFL before. Uh, so looking down the list, Dane Jackson was another corner that I could have taken. But now we're into those names where you're just taking shots. And when you get to the fourth round and you, you're looking there, uh, J.R. Reed is a guy who's, uh, I believe, Jake Reed's son or nephew, one of those, uh, but a, a good prospect. There's some more offensive linemen. But at this point, trying to fill out the defensive line is what they've done in the past. So they end up taking – Someone like Jalen Holmes, who at this point has been a bust. Someone like Jaleel Johnson, who's still coming along. Armin Watts. In in past history, um, you know, they I think you end up seeing the Vikings taking defensive linemen there. Um, so I, I understand Ed, you know, pass saying I passed on the most important position. It's not untrue. It's just that you have a quarterback under contract for the next three seasons. So as much as I like Jalen Hurts, if there's a guy you like next year, take him, right? I mean, at this point, they are in such a tough cap spot. They need so many positions filled that I think you have to stack up just the number of players. And there will be somebody next year who is our Jalen Hurts from this year. Um, a, a good point about uh, Claypool, the wide receiver, you know, he, um, he went a little sooner than I thought he was going to. He went before me in the second round. I think he went pretty quick. And he was a guy that I also thought, all right, if he comes up on the board, he's someone I'm going to pick. The same goes for Michael Pittman Jr. If he comes up, or even if Antoine Winfield, even though in this scenario I said, hey, well, let's just go on the assumption that Anthony Harris is, um, you know, let's say Anthony Harris is re-signed. I would have still picked Antoine Winfield if he got deep in the second round. I don't expect him to get deep in the second round. But had he, I would have picked him. So let's get final grades from everybody on before we wrap up for tonight. This has been pretty fun. Uh, again, if you want to draft sim, there's a couple different websites. Fanspeak.com is one I use, but also the Draft Network is another one that you can go to. And, you know, to your heart's desire, draft sim and decide to, you know, play general manager. No, Cousins, uh, correct, Thomas, who's in the mentions here. Cousins does not have a no trade clause, but who's trading for someone that has a $45 million cap hit two years from now? I think they're going on the assumption that Kirk Cousins is going to be their quarterback. And he did, and, and I'm not saying this is a bad idea to draft a quarterback, but Kirk Cousins did just win 10 games, a playoff game, and go to the Pro Bowl. I think inside the organization, there are probably some debates about him long term, but I mean, when you have a, a Pro Bowl quarterback, you're probably saying there isn't a reason who you just signed to a contract extension. There isn't reason to spend a third round pick if you can get someone. Else. Uh, thank you very much, Justin. Um, I appreciate you following along. So did my best. I got a B from Chad here, uh, an A from Tom. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate that. Um, that's, a, that's a very good grade. So, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm having trouble scrolling back up because I missed some of the comments here, but I appreciate you all playing along. I plan to do this a couple of times as we lead up to the draft. Just dial it up here and live stream a draft sim. And again, tweet me at Matthew Collar. Uh, listen to the show every day, two to four on AM 1500, wherever you get your podcasts, Purple Daily, just type it in. You can get it. It's just a bunch of football right in your face. And I'm sure that all of you, or I hope all of you are, just doing 
what you should be doing now, which is staying home and draft simming and listening to podcasts and watching old football games. So hopefully this was entertaining and fun for you. It definitely was for me. I think I would give myself, this is before I let you all go, I would give myself a B. I can't give myself an A here, even though I'm me, because I didn't come away with enough high-end talent in the second and third rounds. And uh, I came away with some players who might be helpful, but nobody dropped to me where you could say, wow, you got him. So I, I can't get an A. I get a B. All right. Well, thank you. Mark said you go listen from Georgia. Really appreciate that. Stay indoors. All right, everyone, you've been great. Really appreciate all the comments. I enjoyed the draft sims. Send them to me on Twitter. Listen to the show. And we'll catch you next time. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.